that you, Nora? Oh, hello, Ethel. Uh, hold on a moment, love. I'm just hanging up Eric Smalls. Have you heard about the lad next door but one? Is he the butcher? No, Duck. The writer. Oh, that young lad of the Kings. Stephen? No, the Davis kid, Russell. Oh, yes. What's he done now? Well, you know we wrote that programme about gay fellas getting into each other's pants. Yeah. And then he did that one about Jesus coming from Manchester. Yeah. Well, now he's bringing back Doctor Who. He isn't. He is, you know. Well, I never... And we said he'd never come to any good. Hmm. What's Doctor Who? No idea, love. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of season 3 of the Oodcast. We're slightly depleted in numbers again today. In fact, this is the first Oodcast that Chris Sigma, my beloved, is missing. But I'm joined today by the wonderful Chris Alpha. Hello. And the special Andy Candy. Special? <laughs> yes, yes. Special. Special. You're very special. Thanks, sweetie. Um, and today we're going to go old school. We'll be discussing the very first New Who episode. Partially because the others couldn't be sure that I would have watched any of the classic ones. Um, but let's, let's put that in a box and sit on it. Um, but before that, here's the Oodcast News. Oodcast News. This week on Oodcast News... The sneak peek of the Christmas special caused minor outrage last week as viewers had to endure the appearances of both Peter Andre and Westlife before it came on. Ian and Barbara Chesterton turned down offers from Oil of Olay. And finally, in the run-up to Christmas, sales of Silly Putty have more than quadrupled. A confused sales assistant at Hamley said... This product is literally walking off the shelves. Broadcast news. Well, we thought this week it would be good to look back to the beginning of New Who, as they call it, because it's been five years now. That sounds very sort of camp, doesn't it? New Who! Cooey! It's like that um, thing, that sketch that Mark Gatiss was in, uh, in the... Um, oh, yeah. The, the, the Doctor Who night set. sketch. Yeah, when yeah. they do the, the theme tune. Yeah, yeah. And there's the, there's the guy who's delivering the letter, tapping on the desk, going, tapping out the da 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 dum da 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 dum And then Mark Gatiss goes, cooey, ooh, ooh, ooh. 
like that. Mm-hmm. And then he, he he carries on, doesn't he? He's just like as he's reading the letter. It he does. Goes, it goes it goes on for a lot longer than you expect. It's really good. And then he drinks some whiskey, and as he's drinking, it, he goes. It's brilliant. I love that sketch. That was very melodic, Andrew. Over again. Yeah, it's a nice rendition. I think you can have my job. No, I can't do your job because oh. you're too good at it. Oh, I might oh. be melodic, but I'm not brilliant. Without so, causing any offence either, I think we may have some kind of listener riot if you took over Laura's job. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm really worried about. <laughs> Don't you know they're talking about regeneration sounds like it's nothing. Don't you know we're talking about regeneration sounds like it's northern while they're running from the Dalek lines waiting for the delta wave to start itself and building I'm already dressed up to the lines a new life bold anticipation don't you know we're talking about regeneration sounds like it's northern the doctor's gonna rise up new face new hair Don't you know you better run, 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 Oh, I said you better run, 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 run. Feel the uptron energy starting to burn. Talking about regeneration. Feel the uptron energy starting to burn. Talking about regeneration. Oh, talking about regeneration. Oh, while they're running from the Dalek lines. Waiting for the Delta wave to start itself with building. I'm already just up to the nines. A new life. Ready in expectation. Don't you know? We're talking about regeneration sounds like it's northern. Feel the uptron energy starting to burn. Talking about regeneration. Feel the uptron energy starting to burn. Talking about regeneration going on. Talking about regeneration going on. Talking about regeneration going on. Rose, then. What rose. Have you got rose. Who is Rose? Rose, 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 Rose. rose. Oh, rose okay, I'm and Rose of I'll tell you what, white here's, teeth. Here's the thing, right? The, the day before it was shown, a colleague said to me, because I've been going on and on and on about the return of Doctor Who in the office, and a colleague said to me, do you know what? You're going to feel like a right idiot if you don't like it. And I stopped on my tracks and thought, ooh, supposing I don't like it. Do you know what? I watched Rose and I didn't like it. No. Mm. So I'll tell you why. Go you on. Can... Go on. Well, the thing was, oh my goodness, the new companion's got a, a, a mother and a, a boyfriend and, oh, it's all family stuff. It's a bit soap opery. And also I thought, 
What's all this stuff about Clive? I know who the Doctor is. I know he's immortal, nearly, and he travels in time. I know all that. Yeah, but not everybody. Ah, but yes, but obviously, but I did, because I was a fan, and I wanted my Doctor Who episodes to be like they used to be. And then, <laughs> the, the thing that annoyed me most was the anti-plastic. I was like, oh, well, we can see how this is going to end then, can't uh, you we? See, I was thinking about it. When I rewatched it, I, I thought, because at the time I thought, oh, that's a bit rubbish, isn't it? Anti-plastic, it's a bit simple. But then actually thinking about it, it's kind of genius because it's it's an introductory episode to a show that, okay, fans have known for 35, 40 years. New people haven't seen this they don't and it's sort of that without going into kind of star trek proportions techno waffle this is sort of you know that made sense to me it does it it did when i watched it back you see the thing is i watched it again this week and i decided i really really love it good (laughs) as well you should i know you didn't like clive on your first viewing but i thought he was really good actually because he's a well-known actor so you're expecting him to say something of impart and then he does he says the doctor brings death in his wake and then right in the first episode of what is ostensibly primetime kids viewing he gets brutally Mm. mercilessly bumped off and nothing more is said of him is, Mm. is he the first the first death I think in, he is. Oh, wait, no, no, Wilson. Wilson, the electrician. Wilson. Oh. He dies off screen, yeah. Mm. But on screen, you know, a, a death of a well-known character who has played a significant part in the episode and is obviously quite a nice chap. Mm. And I like that as well. The, the, the Clive part is one of the things that really stood out when I watched it back because it was a, it was quite X-Files-y, kind of, it had that kind of sinister conspiracy theory air it it was a lot better than the Linda lot, is what I think I'm I'm saying. Yes, it, it was, and to think that was the first his first bash at it, and the second bash was kind of a bit too over the top for me. Mm, I um, also really like the Clive thing. Now I hated it at first. I was like, why are you spending blimmin' quarter of an hour on this, exposition? On exposition, <laughs> exactly on exposition. But watching it now, I was like, if I was com- if I knew nothing about Doctor Who, like if me, I, like, like mm. the lovely Loz, um. I'd be like, oh, right, so who is this doctor then? Where's he really coming from? Um, some of the photoshopping was truly Ooh, yeah. tragic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Really, yeah. seriously. Yeah, particularly the one with the JFK. Yeah, yeah that's like, it made his head look like a sort of, it had been painted on a balloon. Yeah, that's what I was getting. It looked like there was a small child holding a balloon with his face on the standing <laughs> behind somebody else. <laughs> Maybe that was what made the bang. <laughs> and then I also decided I actually like the anti-plastic thing. Mm. Although it's a really, really convenient way of defeating the nesting consciousness, um, this is a doctor who's prepared to carry weapons as insurance. Because uh, the anti-plastic is, yeah. to the nesting consciousness, yeah, yeah, yeah. a weapon. Chemical so. warfare, isn't Chemical it? warfare. Well, you know, this is a doctor who is not the doctor we all knew from the past. This, Tom yeah. Baker wouldn't have done that. Yeah, it's Sylvester a battle-scarred doctor, yeah. isn't it? Mm. First doctor might have done... Might have done right at the start of the series. Yeah, you know when he's when you can't trust him, and I think it's really interesting that Russell T. Davis kind of took took us back to that sense of this man's dangerous. Mm. Actually, I got the impression that he was a bit of a knob, <laughs> as well as being relentlessly chirpy. When you say knob, think you you mean knob as in git? Yes. Ah, do you want to um, translate un- for international this. listeners? Yeah. Okay, 
he just came across as being a bit self-important, a bit... Um, mm. He made assumptions about everybody else, uh, didn't credit them with enough intelligence and was so... Did, did you find that um, off-putting? Did you think, oh, I'm not going to like him, I'm not sure I want to watch this? I didn't think I'm not sure I'm going to watch this because, let's not forget, I just met lovely Chris at the time and there was no way I wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> but it did make me think, oh, this character is so far up himself unless something mm. happens to change that and rehumanise him. It's the sense of self-importance mm. which ultimately results in a sense of everybody else's lack of importance, a lack of comprehension and it's not fair to assume that people don't know anything when you haven't given them the right information mm. to begin with. That's, and that's something that evolves. It's interesting to say that because Eccleston's got plenty of funny little gawky moments that are very doctorish in that, in that yeah, story. And, but I think this but is... They the, came off as really just too glib. They did. They, they do, but they had to. And this is why I think all the bits you didn't like the first time round, when, when I watch it back, I, so now I see, okay, that has to... The reality stuff, the the family stuff, has to be there to make that look otherworldly and make it mm, look strange. Mm. So without that bit, I mean, the, the bit where they where Rose pulls him into the flat and Jackie tries to seduce him, he goes, "Oh, there's a there's a strange man in my bedroom." Yes, there is. That's a very Doctor and then he just walks off. Yeah, you can imagine that Tom Baker hysterical. doing that. And he did it just yeah. as well as I'd imagine Tom Baker doing it. Yeah. Did, did and then he, he had the really amusing pratfalls with him and the hand on his throat. Yeah. Just yeah. jerking up and, and the down. thing with the cards <laughs> as well. That's so Patrick Troughton again, Tom Baker. You can imagine them doing that. That's the bit with the little uh, reference to the regeneration, isn't it? With the, oh, uh, yeah. With the years, with the, oh, yeah. yeah, not so bad, I suppose. Yeah. What did we think about the, the, the opening bit before the credits? The opening bit before the credits? There yeah. wasn't one. Oh, no, you're right. There wasn't, was there? Because okay. I remember almost cheering, going, so, it's gone straight to the titles. This is so Doctor Who. Okay, so I start a bit again then. What yeah. do we think about the, the first scene the, 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 in, the, in the department store? Oh, right. When the Autons first come to life and chase Rose. Not that they're named as Autons in the episode. Well, again, it's this mixture of, um, of the everyday and the Doctor Who-ish. That mm. I, I love the mixture of styles, the mixture of kind of like soap opera, uh, family business, uh, the shots of Piccadilly Circus, Everyday yeah, Life, I really stuff like in Trafalgar Square. Yeah. Um, the, the show is kind of like saying to the audience, this is all quite normal. And um, this is all quite sort of Saturday night television, you know, very accessible. And then it take, it turns a, a, a very sharp corner and mm. goes down into the basement and becomes very Doctor Who. Yeah. And I love that. That that to me is it was, part it, of the genius of Russell T. Davis's vision for the show. If, I mean, I know... did both styles really I, well. I know there were sort of the obvious links with Spearhead from Space, which is the third Doctor's first story, Laura. That I had the same atmosphere to me as when the Autons first came to life in that. When they're running away from the Autons, it sort of... It, it's set up as this really brilliantly creepy thing and it builds to a climax and they run the autons run after them and look like they've got incredibly tight trousers on <laughs> and it just looks daft i like it because that's how shot window dummies would run oh, yeah i agree it just it made me laugh i thought this is kind of sport the moment when they were first being chased down the basement corridor there's a male auton behind them which has its shirt open it totally looks like he's got boobs <laughs> <laughs> really does look for him he's on the left <laughs> Um, something, something that I quite liked. I quite liked the uh, CGI. 
I thought the dustbin eating Mickey was brilliant. That's one of my favourites. I thought that um, Mickey, shiny Mickey with the cork in his forehead was also really, (laughs) really well done. In fact, Mm. the whole shiny Mickey sequence was great because it was so eerie. Of course, there's no way that she wouldn't have noticed that he'd suddenly become like the most well-moisturised man in in the whole of London. In in the restaurant, he's less made up. And I think he the makeup yeah. in the car, they thought they looked at it probably and thought, oh, that's too that's much. That's a bit too much because he kind of goes pale and shiny like somebody yeah. who's throwing a whitey. Um, but the bit that I found really funny is when, when certain kinds of cheeses are prepared, they're pressed between wooden boards, big, thick wooden boards to sort of squeeze out the whey and solidify them better. And when he eventually turns into this weird thrashy man thing, um... Cheese yeah, board hands. It, it, yeah, his yes, hands yes, just yes, look yes, like yes. giant cheese boards. Oh, quite good. They were. <laughs> I thought that they were so unreal. Who would and the be man who screams the in the board? restaurant. It's not the woman who screams, it's the man. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's very funny. I like that. I've decided that I actually ro- love this episode. I really didn't like it when I first saw it. But wow. it's such a great showcase mm-hmm. for Doctor Who because it looks at the character of the Doctor. Russell T. Davis had this sort of mission to explore what it means to be the doctor and what it means to be this character and he explores that in some depth in the years to come you know things like that wonderful fire and ice speech in family of blood which admittedly isn't written by russell t davis but it's that sort of area of character Mm -hmm. work that i think russell t davis is so good at and really shines in his year as exact in his years as executive producer and also the way that Eccleston really seizes both aspects of the character, the, the slightly sort of geeky offbeatness, mm-hmm. but also the really, really sad, lonely side. And, and in Rose, that comes up so much that in particular, that bit where he says to Rose, now, now go away. Yeah. Just before the, the earth spinning. It's speech. just after that, isn't it? Because oh, he, do, he, does, yeah. he does the speech and he says, that's who I am. Now go home, Rose Tyler, and forget yeah. me. And I think he waves goodbye to her with the, with the plastic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then he turns and goes and his face is so sad. Yeah. I noticed it was quite wrinkly. Maybe because we were watching it on high def or something. <laughs> I don't know. Because I, 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 mm. he, he gives the impression of being quite a young You've man. You've got high def telly, have you? Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a DVD though, not a Blu-ray. So, well, in that case, it's even more wrinkly because you can see it on DVD. <laughs> but the point is that he's he's got this young face, but then you see that it's actually quite old, which I suppose is perfect, mm. really. Yeah, young yeah. and old. Yeah. So, talking of the uh, of the reimagined character of the Doctor, what about his costume? Because it's very not what we're used to with with doctor who bit boring isn't it it's a bit oh look we're gonna go a bit edgy and add some leather and then oh wait no hang on bbc kids series must put some jeans on what i like about it though is that it's still very much in the tradition of doctor who characters because it's still sort of thrown together because it's that that u-boat captain look along with (laughs) as, as stephen moffat puts it in the empty child uh along with a t-shirt you might get from gap or a or spree or uniqlo yeah it's a sort of strange combination that only doctor who could get away with i don't imagine any other really? drama but not quite that combination is what i'm trying Have to say you never no. seen greece that's a good point ah but the jacket is slightly too big on him i just wonder how they came about choosing this costume right then 
Let's get your costume right, Mr. Eccleston. Got to have the doctor dressed properly, haven't we? Here we are then, one lovely set of blue scrubs. <coughs> What's wrong, Rowena? <coughs> Not that kind of doctor. Okay. Over here, Mr. Eccleston, we'll go with this really nice, wool-rich suit. Beautiful M&S shirt. It is top of the range M&S, though. And obviously, the white coat to go over the top. I'm afraid the tie is just polyester, though. We're under budget, precious. <coughs> What what now, Rowena? Oh, I see. Uh, the doctor's just a name. He's a time lord. Okay, that's like a high-end watchmaker, isn't it? We've got a pretty impressive cobbler's costume that could double. Oh, oh, oh the brief did say contemporary, didn't it? Okay, well... Nothing says contemporary better than a pair of jeans and a nice white T-shirt. V-neck, I think. But we can't let you go wandering around in just a T-shirt, can we? How about a nice uh, jacket or something to go with it? Yes? Yes, Rowena? No, come on, think about it. Velvet is not going to go with jeans and a T-shirt. Maybe if he wore a velvet suit and a frilly dress shirt, perhaps a cravat. But who on earth would dress a Time Lord in a velvet suit and a frilly shirt? The very idea brings me out in a sweat. No, no. Let's stay simple. Leather jackets look good with jeans. I know what you're thinking, Mr Eccleston, but if anyone thinks you look like a tramp, you'd be the best-dressed tramp in the country. Of course, Rowena. Good thought. We need to accessorise you. Now, what does a Time Lord carry? I think a pocket watch might be a nice touch. An antique one, of course. You're a discerning man of time. Oh, you have something, Rowena. What's that? A screwdriver? Funny-looking screwdriver. How does it work? Ooh, well, yes, okay. Stuff it in the jacket pocket anyway. I'm sure you'll find a use for it somewhere. Although, who has a sonic screwdriver? How do you think they deal with the whole companion going into the TARDIS for the first time thing? Because I was very impressed with this, simply because I guess it's Rose is who Rose is. She doesn't ask the obvious questions first. What do you mean, the bigger on the inside thing? Yeah. yeah. She, she, and every time she gets an answer, she either argues with it or isn't prepared to believe it straight away, which I think is quite a nice thing. I think it's a lovely turn on the usual... The, the thing I really liked about it, that I also like because it showed off her character, is, just think about it, she's being chased by a mm-hmm. zombified plastic cheeseboard-wielding maquette of her boyfriend that is strong enough to bash down a steel door. She runs into somewhere and sees that it's quite obviously a sanctuary-type place, but it, it intrigues and confuses her so much that her first instinct is to run back out again for all she knows, into the cheese boards of her Mickey and run round the outside and investigate it before she goes back in. Yeah. If I'd gotten in there, mm. I would have flattened myself against the doors and built up some sort of yeah. mm-hmm. coat stand barricade. <laughs> but it's, it, the fact that she bursts into tears as well, it is one, I know it sounds strange, but it's one of the things that really endeared me to the character. Because I'm like, okay, that's what I think most normal people would mm. do mm. if they've been frightened half to death, chased around by... Um, a flat-handed boyfriend 
and then ended up in a, a box that's way bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. I think I might think about bursting mm, into tears. Yeah, yeah. This is again going back to what I was what I love about Russell T. Davis's writing. He's so strong on character. Mm-hmm. You might not like the get out of jail quick card of the anti plastic, but the strength of his writing on character is just second to none. Yeah, and I think that's particularly evident in their relationship between Mickey and Rose because it's quite clear that they're very good mates but that they're never going to be long-term boyfriend-girlfriend mm. I don't know, at the beginning they're really sweet and really quite funny together. What, with them but yeah, in, playing in the sun in Piccadilly, yeah, yeah, that was a nice sequence but even then it was not a sort of... Not a really yeah, relationshipy sequence. And then yeah. when he sees her at the door, he's like, oh, that's my woman. Yeah, yeah. But there's this sort of slightly half-hearted, mm, there's nothing really going to happen between mm. you, is yeah, there? Yeah, de- she definitely brushes him off. And then later, when she discovers him in the nesting consciousness's sort of smelting plant or whatever it is, um, she runs up at, up to him and she's obviously very relieved to see that he's well. He gives him a hug and then goes, oh, oh you oh, smell horrible. Because obviously he's been inside a wheelie bin, even if it was a sentient wheelie bin. Somewhat reminiscent of the luggage in the Discworld, I thought. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) But the point is, you know, she goes and hugs him and then the first thing she thinks is, well, he smells foul. But then he is being um, particularly inept in in terms of a boyfriend or or any kind of male other half. There is an expectation, I guess, in stereotype at least, that they ought to kind of protect and try and be useful and instead he he runs away from everything and tries to tries to kind of cower next to the the TARDIS when Rose swings down to defeat the nesting. I loved that which bit. I, thought was good, I got yeah. a, I got a bag of four in my gymnastics. I'm like, yeah, I got that too. I could do a forward roll in everything. I'm not necessarily sure how I would use it. Really... Defiantly says that I didn't get any. I didn't yeah, get A levels didn't get this. I didn't get that. But I did get uh, a bronze medal when I was seven in gymnastics. She must have gone to a bloody advanced school then, because I don't remember swinging off ledges on a chain when I was at school. No, she was inspired to do so by the fact that she once got bronze when she yeah. was seven. I think yeah. that's. I just love the way she's like. Actually, no, I can do this, and she saves the day. So there you go, Russell T. Davis, defeating alien monsters, picking up the UK's education system, all mm-hmm. in one go. All in one go. What a genius! <laughs> yeah, I never believed the stories of planets spinning like magicians' plates, revolving faster than my dad could run or my bike could go down the hill across the way. That we were drifting through space with the stars and the planets and the TARDIS. We were never moving. But the first time I walked to the shore on my own and I looked out to sea, I saw the curvature, the bend of the horizon. As the tide sneaked up the beach, I stared at the sky, struck with awe and panic. Which would fall first, me from the beach or the sky from above? That was lovely. That's our first poem. Yay! We don't know why the Ninth Doctor has just regenerated. So basically, yes, we don't know how this Doctor regenerated because it's the only time in the whole of Doctor Who canon, I guess, that we don't have an explanation as to why the Eighth Doctor regenerated into the Ninth. So I sort of had a little think and I decided I'd try and kind of retcon this. Bye, Grace. Nice to meet you. Right. Just put the bacon on the lean, mean, grilling machine thingy. 
shove the catalog. And now, what we're going nicely with all these frills and my luscious new hairdo is a nice close shave, I think. Just got some foam. And we're away! Ah! I cut myself. Goodness, that, that's a lot of blood, isn't it? Ow! ow. Who left that, that stand there? I've stubbed my toe! Oh, uh, apparently my new regeneration doesn't like blood. I feel all faint. Knees buckling. Ow! Oh, the grill! I knew I shouldn't have left it on the floor! Ah. Ah. Ah, maybe a cup of tea will make things better. Oh, hands too shaky! Can't breathe or feel hands like hearts failing. Oh no! Regenerating again! Right then, our kid, where to next, eh? So there you go, maybe not canon, um, maybe ridiculous, but we now have a reason. <laughs> we now have a reason, and we've also, in case you didn't notice, Mr Foreman, we've heartily endorsed your product. Please send us some free ones. So I guess this week, that's about it from us. If you want to catch us any time in between the shows, uh, you can find us... Um, well, where can we find us, Andy? Oh, you can find us on our website at www.theudcast.com. Our theme tunes are available to download and use as ringtones on your mobile Phones. phone devices. So if you'd like to do that, you're very welcome. Go to the downloads page on www.theudcast.com. And if you like if you want to, because obviously this is a time of recession and everything. But if you want to, you can make a donation towards it, which would be very, very gratefully received. Thank you very much. As Sigma points out on the website, um, surprisingly, <laughs> running a podcast is more expensive than we realised. However, you are very welcome to download stuff without giving us money. You can find us on Twitter. Well, three of us are on Twitter. But I never write anything, sorry. I can't figure out how it works. <laughs> you can you can catch um Chris Sigma at um at the Oodcast, all one word, all lowercase, or me at Alpha Ood. And at the moment we've been running a little uh, Twitter competitions, aren't they? Um at the uh, so it's a hashtag competition and this time it's hashtag apathetic who and the the best two or three will get made into oog cartoons, and I think my the three that I came up with that I was actually quite pleased with were um, Shrug of the Daleks. Mm. Um, oh, okay, maybe it's two Shrug of the Daleks and um, Kinder. My favourite one that I came up with is the Dead Plant, um, and I get, you can also find us on Facebook, Facebook dot com forward slash the Oodcast. I've got one. Wink. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so it's goodbye from me, Laura. Bye-bye. And goodbye from me, Andy. Bye. And goodbye from me, Chris Alpha. Goodbye. A beige plastic mannequin A very odd wheelie bin One, two, three 
strange disembodied arm that's capable of great harm. It's attacking the dark. It grabs his throat. It grabs his throat. It grabs his throat. It grabs his throat. She lives with her chubby man. Dressing gown wearing man who just watches the souls she used to be married to Pete in the It wears her out. It wears. Don't look like the real thing. Don't move like the real thing. Those fake plastic guys But the doctor is delaying He'll blow up the ceiling If she just And it freaks her out. It freaks her out. It freaks her out. It freaks her out. And as the world keeps falling, just take my hand. We're exploring all.